It is a scam when you don't allow everyone to operate on fair terms. We are the Roman Hoods of sports betting. We take something back from the rich bookies and enable our customers to beat them instead. Welcome to episode four of Live Sharp Sessions on the Trademate Sports YouTube channel, where I answer your betting questions, discuss both new and old betting strategies, preview the weekend sports betting action, and welcome on guests from around the betting industry. Today will just be me, myself, and I, and I'll be talking about risk management, as the title says. Uh, delve into some strategies for you guys. Uh, on how you can manage your risk to make sure you don't go broke trying to make money from sports betting, whether that's your profession or whether that's, you know, some kind of side hobby, side hustle, whatever you want to call it. Just, uh, yeah, give you guys some ways so that you can you can bet for a, for a long time and not lose all your money on just a few mistakes potentially. So I'll, I'll go through that to start off with. Um, as always throughout, happy to answer any questions you guys have got, whether that's relating to risk management or any kind of uh, sports betting related topic. Uh, and then as always at the end, I will go through my best, or my, I'll give you three bets for the weekend that I shall be or have already placed. All right. So risk management. Uh, so I've got I've got basically four ways or four. Um, sorry, one sec. Good afternoon, Sophie. Good to have you along. So today, yeah, I've got basically four steps here to go through. For the uh, for risk management, and I might as well just kick things off. So, point number one, when it comes to sports risk management, is um, just an easy starting point: setting an appropriate bankroll. So, I guess the main rule here is that no matter whether you're doing it professionally or whether you're doing it as a you know side gig, casual kind of thing, you want to set a bankroll where. Um, of an amount of money that you're comfortable losing. I think that's the kind of best place to start. So, I mean, if you are a plus EV better, if you're good at what you do, the chances of you losing that whole bankroll, uh, especially if you stake and you abide by risk management principles, then it's, it's near on impossible. Like it's very, very hard to lose all that money. Um, so why I say that is because you should always be betting percentages of your bankroll. So no matter if you start with $1,000 and after a month or two you've got $500, then you should be staking less than when you had 1000 and so on, so on. So... But it is important because you never know. You should set a a, a bankroll that you're comfortable lo uh, with losing. Don't, um, you know, if you've got $10,000 to your name and you need to pay rent and you need to, you know, 
buy yourself some food and all this kind of stuff. You know, don't don't um <laughs> don't make your bankroll too big because you want to save some money for that. It doesn't just whatever you're comfortable with losing. I think is the most important thing. Uh, and yeah, just don't be don't be too don't be too greedy. I think uh, it's it's almost good to start quite small because you'll probably be at the the infancy of what you're doing as a sports better. And it's just it's just better off that you are learning lessons. You know, most likely your ROI will be at its smallest when you start because you're learning. So you're just better off learning or making mistakes with less money, losing less money. All right. So, uh, yeah, next step is number two, staking, which is kind of the most obvious one when it comes to risk management. So first of all, and g'day to Michaela. Good to have you along. So the, I think the most important thing for staking, and it's a common mistake I see across the, no, oh, maybe it's not a very accurate reflection of the Sharp community, but, um, you know, people on Twitter, things that I see, common misconceptions is is uh, is setting your max bet. Uh, I, think, I think people generally are staking way too much for their max bet. I think let's just say you've got a thousand dollars. I I firmly believe that you shouldn't really be max betting more than you know your max bet shouldn't be more than two percent of your bankroll. So in that case, it would be twenty dollars. But I see lots of people who are, um, in some cases, staking like five percent of their bankroll. Now, you know. It might work out for you, especially if you're a plus EV better. There's more chance that it that it, that it could work out for you, but I think uh, I think it's not really worth the the risk to be putting five percent of your bankroll on one outcome. No matter how sharp your bet is, really random, unfortunate events can happen in sports. For example, I bet on last year in the UFC, I bet Tom Aspinall, I bet Calvin Cater, I bet TJ Dillashaw, uh, who else? There was two other guys, all who got injured or came into the fight with an injury. Tom Aspinall did his knee within 15 seconds of the fight. TJ Dillashaw dislocated his shoulder within 30 seconds. Uh, who was the other one? Calvin Cater. Yeah, what did he do again? He did something to his knee off a kick or something from memory. But these are, you know, they're freak circumstances. They rarely happen. And maybe they're more common in, you know, one-on-one -on -one fight, fighting, tennis, these kind of one-on-one -on -one things. But, you know, could happen in a, in a game of rugby too where the best player, let's just say Nathan Cleary, is injured in the first minute. Tom Travojevic was 
injured in the second minute, I think a third minute of origin, origin game two, and that just completely changes the game. Not completely, but it, it means that whatever price, you know, it's it's not the same game as we had earlier. So you should always have a max bet because you just never know. It's sport. It's unpredictable. Things can happen. So um, it's always important to, to set a max bet, and I believe that should be 2% at most. And I think that max bet, as your bankroll gets bigger, your max bet, I think, should get smaller because in general you're going to be staking more because your bankroll is bigger. So why take even more risk? Um, by increasing that max bet because, um, you know, if your bank rolls $1,000 compared to $1 million, there's a big difference in your of 2% of each of those numbers. So 2% of a $1 million is a significant, significant amount of money. So do you really want to risk that amount of money on a single, on a single event? Maybe not. I still think you 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 you're practicing pretty safe staking man, uh, you know, bankroll management or risk management if you if you're doing two percent just just in general, no matter what your bankroll. But you know, the aim of the game is turnover. So if you are turning over lots of money every week, then you can just you know you don't have to have as big of a max bet. So yeah, sorry, got a uh, question here. From Ikeno Arugan. Sorry if that's uh, pronounced wrong, mate. Good morning, sir. You have come to the right place and time. I've been betting for almost 10 years and I have been losing for all that time. How can I manage to regain the losses? Well, that is quite the question. Uh, and I would be here for a long time if I told you all the way to get good from sports betting, mate. But I think a good way to start, which is the way I started, is to go and read the Trade Mate Sports ebooks. I'm not just doing it because this is with Trade Mate, but they are the best place to start, I think, in terms of building your education on sports betting. And if you read those four ebooks, I think you take, you go from the worst sports better in the world to the top five best top top five percent of sports better than the world five to ten let's just say so that's a good starting point mate all right so yeah we've talked about max betting so try and stick to two percent and then staking in general there's lots of differences you can stake there's the kelly criterion there's numerous videos articles out there on the trade mate sports websites and youtube channel uh, you've got Kelly Criterion, you've got flat staking, you've got level staking, you've got, um, you know, betting to win a certain amount. Um, I mean, there's there, I generally, I believe that Kelly Criterion is the best staking method to for risk management, but at the same time, you know, if you're doing full Kelly, then that's going to be crazy. You need to be, you need to set a percentage of the Kelly criterion, which generally, trade mate, we recommend 25% to 30, which I believe is good. Um, so it's basically a mixture of uh, betting an amount of money based on the odds 
and the edge. So, for example, if you have a uh, a bet at even odds and it's a five percent edge, it's going to be pretty pretty close to your max bet. But if you've got a five percent edge at four in odds or five in odds, it's going to be a lot less percentage just because there's a lot more risk involved with uh, with those kinds of odds. So. I think Kelly Criterion is the best way to go. Um, if you're just getting started and you don't know how to use the Kelly Criterion, you can always use a website, which will help you. But um, I think level staking, I mean, or just you know betting twenty unit, whatever you want to call it, is a uh, is a good place to start. So um, you're always kind of betting based on what the true odds of the outcome are. So. You know, like I said, putting more money on something that's two in odds rather than three in odds or four in odds, and the same, you know, as you go up or down. But the, I think the main thing is is that you're not, yeah, you're not betting too much. You're not putting too much money on one outcome, and that's also the same if you have two or three different bets for one game or fight or match, whatever. Because if there's one outcome in that, you know, let's just say this weekend, uh, Justin Gaethje versus Dustin Poirier, I'm going to bet, I'm not saying that I am going to bet, but let's just say um, I think uh, Poirier by KO is value and I also think Gaethje by decision is value. That means there are four other outcomes, or five if you include the draw, that if that doesn't happen, I will lose the money. Still don't. So don't go and put 2% or your max bet on the Poirier KO and then another 2% on uh, Gagey decision. Together, that's 4% of your bankroll on one fight, on one match. And if both of those don't happen, um, which is a possibility, then you know, you're going to lose a lot of money on one outcome. Hope that makes sense. Uh, number three, point number three, uh, hedging and cashing out. So I'm not saying I recommend doing this in terms of, um, in terms of, when, you know, when you're applying risk management, I'm not saying that you should be hedging and cashing out all the time. Um, I mean, in general, you should never cash out because generally you would think that cashing out is less valuable or you're going to make less money than hedging out. So in general, just don't do cashing out. You're much better just going in, you know, if you've bet Dustin Poirier and he's or i mean the best the best uh dustin Poirier is your last leg of your multi to win a thousand bucks and you know they're offering you two hundred dollars cash out you're better off just going and betting justin gaethje because then instead of cashing out no matter who wins you're going to win maybe three or four hundred dollars or something like that as an example so don't cash out that is one of the stupidest things you can do in sports betting but hedging in general is not something i do not something i really recommend but it is a less riskier way of sports betting it's also 
in a lot of the circumstances, a negative EV way of doing things in the long term, you're probably going to be better off mathematically or, you know, just profit wise, riding out the, the variance and never, never hedging out. I just have a firm belief that the only reason, the only time you should ever really hedge, this is my opinion, you know, other people might have different opinions. The only time that you should hedge is if it's a life-changing amount of money. So, and most of the time, if it is a life-changing amount of money, it's normally on an accumulator multi-parlay because, you know, you normally aren't making life-changing, or not life-changing, but humongous amounts of money if it's just, you know, you putting a normal bet down. Um, so, yeah, I, I believe you should only be hedging out if... Um, if winning that multi or winning um, partially what that multi is will significantly, maybe not life-changing is the right word, but maybe career-changing, bankroll-changing, you could say. Maybe let's just say you've got a $10,000 bankroll and this multi is going to let you win uh, $100,000. It's a big multi. you got into the last leg. You can uh, arb out for to win $30,000, $40,000, for example, uh, no matter what the outcome, uh, do you just take the 40 grand that you can get now or do you risk it all and go for the 100,000? That's the decision everyone else, you know, you guys have to make. But maybe that 40 grand, just getting that 40 grand, it it, uh, it quadruples your, your bankroll. It does more than that. It, does five times your bankroll, don't know what that word is. Uh, and now you have 50 grand to play with rather than 10, which is a huge leg up compared to having just 10. So in probably that case, I mean, I don't know if it's a good example or not how probable that is, but I'd probably, I'd probably cash out there or I'd hedge because You've got a free opportunity, not free, but you know, you've got a, uh, an opportunity here to, to take your bankroll from 10 to 50, um, which could take a long, long time, a year or something like that, if you just, you know, did your normal kind of methods. Um, so, yeah, I, in that case, I would probably recommend hedging out. But how rarely does this happen that, you know, that you're going to make a life-changing amount of money. Normally, uh, it is often accumulated, and normally your accumulators are not going to get to that last leg anyway. So um, that's what I would do in that case. Um, if you are hedging out a lot, I think that is kind of a wave. If you're hedging out often, I think that, just because you're scared of losing, you know, the other side or, you know, I think that's a more of a sign of you not being able to handle the variance in sports betting. And I think over time you're limiting your profitability by hedging out all the time. Maybe it's, you know, a, a decent kind of strategy when you're just trying to build a bankroll, but not every bet you can hedge out. So what about the times when... You know, 
when you lose your bet or you don't have the opportunity to hedge out, you're losing your full stake. Whereas when you do hedge out, you're only winning a, a portion of what you were going to win if it if if the bet was to win. So mathematically, it's kind of an interesting, you know, you're limiting your profitability probably. If anything, it might even make you negative EV, maybe. But, yeah, I gave a good example there of when I would recommend hedging. Uh, follow it if you like. Uh, but that's the way I would do things. Uh, point number four, and send through your questions, guys, because when I'm at the last point here and then I'll get on to my weekend bets and get out of here. But point number four is uh, arguably the most important one, bet tracking and analysing your history of bets because... At the end of the day, no matter how good your risk management strategies are, if you're placing negative EV bets, if your bets are not good, then you, you know, you don't need to really have risk management because you're going to lose money anyway if you're placing negative EV bets. So, sorry, the dog making some noises. Um, if you are bet tracking and you're bet tracking well, then you're able to analyze those results and, you know, understand if some kind of strategy you've implemented is is not really working and it, it won't work any further. So I've talked about this a little bit about bet tracking and, and um, how to be a really good bet tracker, I guess. Um, you, you want to be tracking like essentially everything. I think I talked about it either on live sharp sessions one or oh, maybe I talked about it a stream or two before that. But I think too commonly people are very lazy with their bet tracking and it's the reason why they lose money uh, on certain markets or sports. You should be, when you're bet tracking, you should be tracking everything. So obviously the stake and the, and, the, and the odds you're betting on is the obvious ones, but the sport, also pretty obvious. The market is something probably people don't look at too much. The market, um, the, uh, the closing line value you get on each bet. Um, what else? Um, if you're following a tipster or something like that, make sure that you're marking down that I'm betting soccer here, but this is because of this tipster or whatever. This is not my bet or another tipster's bet. So you want to be marking that down. Um, I think they're kind of just covered the, the, the obvious ones there, but you basically want to go in and, you know, look at your bet histories and go, that's the reason I'm losing money. Um, I'm losing m money on that market. I'm losing money on that market with that tipster. Um, and then you can kind of connect the dots and find out, oh, why am I, why is it always that market that I'm losing money on where that tipster says that he's making money but I'm not? Is it because I'm taking the minimum odds always on that market? 
all this kind of stuff you can go through. And if you've got the, the history there, then um, then you can answer all those questions. If you don't, then it's going to leave you wondering, which is arguably the worst place to be at as a sports better. You want to you have answers to all of your questions when it comes to your own betting. And if you are wondering whether something's working or not, it's going to cause you probably some serious angst if it starts to lose because you're going to be thinking, oh, should I stop? Should I not? What am I doing? Et cetera, et cetera. Well, we've got a we've got a shout out to see the to see the dog here. Oh, here we go. Come on, Jordan. Come on. Mate. There we go. Met Georgie, everyone. Can't really see him. He's too small. But here he is. Here he's famous. Say hello, big fella. Look at that. The stream numbers just went up as soon as the big fella entered the screen. Um. But yeah, that's all I really have for, for risk management today. That were kind of my four strategies for um, for risk management and how you guys can improve your risk management, I guess you can say, and how you guys can potentially not go broke trying to uh, trying to do well in sports betting. Yeah, I agree. All right. So we will now go through um, my bets for the weekend. Last um, last shout out for questions here, guys. As I will be heading off after after I go through these bets. The bet number one is Makaili um, Ravalawa playing for the Dragons. I think it's on a Saturday. One second. Playing for the Dragons versus the oh, it could be Manly, I think. Anyway, all these all these bets are with Bet Three Six Five, so everyone can get on. Uh, anytime try scorer, Michaeli Ravalawa two point zero. We can say that for three units. As always, we're betting on a one to five unit scale. So if your max bet is uh, your max bet being 2% of your bankroll, then that's a five-unit bet, and then you can scale down from there. So one unit basically equals 0.4% of your bankroll. So as I said, Ravalawa, anytime try scorer for the Dragons tomorrow night, three units on that at 2.0. Um, <clears throat> big fight this weekend uh, in the light heavyweight division. I'll just get up the odds because... Uh, it's obviously quite a quite a liquid market. Uh, Jan Blahovic versus Alex Pereira. I have bet Jan Blahovic, and I'm just looking at odds checker now, and you can get 1.92 on Jan Blahovic. Um, go to the sharper markets or the exchanges and you'll be able to get um, something around 1.9, maybe even bigger for yarn. So I'll put the price here as 1.9. You can get 1.91 at Canby Books, so plenty of opportunities there for people to get on at that price. 
I think that he should be a very, very clear favourite. We're going to go big. We're going to go five units on Young Blahovich. Uh, it kind of baffles me that people are betting Alex Pereira, knowing that if Jan Blahovich does use his wrestling, which I think he will, um, this could look like a very, very, um, a very, very good bet. Uh, sure, if he strikes with Alex Pereira for three rounds or less than that for however, however long it goes for, then Jan Blahovic at 1.9 is probably not a good bet. But I feel like if he is not having success on the feet, then Jan will take him down as he said himself. Um, and then from then on, I think he's got a huge edge in the wrestling and the grappling. Um, and he could potentially get a finish or win three rounds just by lying on top of him. Even when it's standing, though, my issue with with one of my issues with betting Alex Pereira is that even if you said it's going to be a three-round striking fight, Alex will be worried about the takedown, and I don't think he's going to go out there guns blazing trying to, you know, be super aggressive and, um, you know, try and take his head off because he'll be then be open to the takedown, a lot more open. Um, and also the bloke just got knocked out cold about three months ago so his chin will not be fully recovered from that i'm very surprised he's come back this early um first fight at light heavyweight you know how does he cope with that new kind of feel of the body i guess you could say um and one of his biggest weapons is his leg kicks and yarn is he's like quite possibly the greatest check uh, checker of leg kicks in the game. So I think Pereira almost, to win this fight, I think he's got to defend takedowns properly, which I find highly doubtful that he'll be able to do. And he's somehow got to be able to hit Jan. Um, and, you know, not overcommit, if you know what I mean. So... Um, Alex Pereira winning by KO would kind of surprise me because he's got a he's got to be able to touch Yarn and score points without overcommitting and getting taken down. If that makes sense, but who knows? Yarn might go out there and go, let's just bang for three rounds and you know get taken down. Uh, not get taken down, sorry, or not go for takedowns. So anyway, I think the upside on this bet could be quite big, and I'm just. I wouldn't even be too angry at people if they didn't want to bet Jan just in case they don't think he's going to shoot takedowns. Uh, but betting Alex Pereira, I would, I just really don't understand the people that, the, the the reasoning behind that. Because if Jan decides that he wants to shoot for takedowns, I don't know why you know why you'd want to bet Alex Pereira. Like it's just, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. So what I'm saying is that I can understand people that don't want to bet Yarn because they're a bit worried that he might not shoot takedowns, but uh, I do not understand people that want to take that risk by betting Pereira. I'm happy to take the risk that Yarn won't and get that huge upside. Anyway, next bet, CJ Vergara versus uh, Salvador. 
kind of remember Sal Vinicius Salvador. Uh, three units on Vergara to win by submission or decision. At 3.1 with Bet365, you can get better odds elsewhere. Um, I think Vergara's KO line is being hugely overrated here. Uh, I think Vergara, if he's smart, he takes this to the ground and holds on to, yeah, sits on top of uh, Salvador for long periods, potentially gets a submission. Maybe he'll land some ground and pound too. I'm sure he will. Um, but... I think he can really ride out some control time here and win rounds, you know, quite easily. I think if he wants to strike with Salvador, it'd be quite a risky strategy because he hits quite hard. And, um, you know, CJ is definitely the better striker, more technical. Uh, but in the first round or so, I think he's in danger of getting clipped. So I think if CJ smart, he takes us to the ground. And uh, I think that bet will look very, you know, good in hindsight. I think his best way of winning by KO is by ground and pound, and I don't think you can rate that as high as it is rated at the moment. So there we go. Vergara by submission decision or, or decision at 3.1. That's a double chance market. You might find a bet 365. But that will do me for today, guys. The dog is barking. He would like to go outside and do his business, so I have to run. But thanks, everyone, for watching. Please make sure you like, uh, subscribe, do all the good stuff. Comment any other questions you've got, and I can get to them at a later time. And I will be back next week uh, for episode five of Live Sharp Sessions. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and see you next week.